Welcome to the CineScare Podcast, and I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak, and across from me, I'm looking at everyone's favorite, everyone's favorite, Mr. Joe Jans. Good evening, everybody. I've heard, Joe. My adoring fans. fans. Yeah, that you are the number one fan favorite uh, in... Uh, of this show, you know, like member of this show. I'm I'm sure I just barely eked you out though. <laughs> Maybe you know it's it's Maybe. probably like fifty two percent me, forty seven percent you, and one yeah. percent Mark. Well, we don't even know because Mark's own daughter, Dylan, who I am, she's I'm her number one fan. She yeah. even told her own dad I'm her favorite on the show, which I am just. You know, yeah. she's got great taste. Yeah, it's yeah, that's fantastic. fantastic. That's really fantastic to just bring that up again. <laughs> I love it. I love it. She thinks uh, she it, thinks it you're so funny. Brought up again and again and again. I, you know what? I hate to say it, but I agree with her. I'm just endearing. Joe's a funny the guy. Sound of your voice. She thinks you're funny. She likes your dry sense of I, humor. That okay. I the sense of humor I'll give her, but the. Uh, the dulcet tones really come from Matt speak. I mean, I like wow. him, him and Sam Elliott. I just want them to read the phone book to she me thinks, at night. She thinks Matt's very knowledgeable. And then, Oh, I, I, I'm just I agree. It up. I'm and just then there's it. Mark. Yeah. And, and, then and there's she's Mark. going, yeah, you're, you're the whipping boy. I'm like, that's what I'm there for. Cause I'm Mark the skating. Yeah. Super yeah. Well, you're, you, you kind of sound like a moose from yeah. Chicago. You know, your voice is kind of a, you know, like if there was a cartoon moose from Chicago, it would sound like you. In fact, we should do a, a cartoon. A cartoon? We could probably put something oh, together. It was, uh, what, no. Family Vacation, Marty Moose? That's me. Yeah. <laughs> you look, you look. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I just think that it's brilliant, you know, that uh, Joe is number one in the Piscati home and... Uh, uh, we don't, we don't, uh, you know, to be fair, we don't know the actual order after Joe. We just know I'll that have Joe's to ask favorite. her. And, right. and that's good enough. I'll have to right. ask her. That's good enough for me. <laughs> I honestly can't believe you didn't ask her. Like, I did immediately. It. I was, well, yeah. but it was so two, right? crushing. It was absolutely so <laughs> crushing. I'm just going, Joe? <laughs> and, and, and I went like this. Well, with me? She's going, Dad? You're yeah. just Dad. Yeah. yeah, well, that's true. Mark, you are Mark, dead. you can't expect your own kid is going to think you're the cool one. You know, that's no, she hated happen. she hated me uh, uh, being I was the cool dad with all of her friends and they would all call me Mr. Mark and it would drive me crazy. I'm like, I'm Mr. Biscati, I'm Mr. Biscati, not Mr. Mark, but it drove Dylan crazy. Yeah, Mr. Mark is my yeah. dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there he goes being there funny again. <laughs> Marking oh, up the points. Just yep. can't turn it off. Sorry. You know, no, that's no. what you get. That's what you expect when you no. dial into the Cinescare Horror Podcast, which see, this is what we call in the biz as a segue. Yeah. Uh, we have some fantastic news. Mm-hmm. Um, we got raided, actually, by... Um, a company called Feedspot, the, uh, they did this publication, well, not a publication, but an online uh, posting called the Top 60 Horror Movie Podcasts You Must Follow in 2021. And guess what? 
we got number 13 out of 60. Yep. Yeah. You know, number 13 on the list and number was, one in your heart. That, that was actually yeah. really, really Not, cool. I really thought that was neat you know, out of all those podcasts. Yeah, especially for... For a podcast that's only been around since October, that's not that's not. I too know. Shabby. My mom thought that was pretty. I, I told everybody. Yeah. She was well, the only. She was the only person. I was at that work. Time. I was at yeah. work, and I was just showing it to all my employees. Look, number thirteen. And they're like, "That's great, Mark. That's great." Yeah. <laughs> and you know, considering it's horror, I couldn't think of a better number to be than thirteen. Like to me, that's oh, almost better yeah. than number one. Oh, totally. Yeah. Now that actually works. For one us. through twelves are for suckers. <laughs> you know, we got number thirteen on purpose. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, this week we do have a theme again. Uh, after last week, well, for one thing, we can never have the name super fan on any title of any episode because that probably that was the, buried the us. lowest. <laughs> yeah, it was the lowest downloaded episode we've had <laughs> in a month, like maybe ever. It might be the worst episode we've ever had in terms of downloads. We yeah, are, so, Mark, don't let it bother you. We're not keeping score much. No. Yeah, no, we, we're, we'll only remember yeah. that for a while. But uh, so anyway, we're back on a theme, and this week we are on the theme of found footage films. But I, I do want to talk about one thing first, and that is a show that's on – Amazon Prime right now um, that I, I know that we've all been watching. I'm only halfway through because I got to episode five. It, uh, the show is them uh, on Amazon Prime. And I got to episode five and there was there was a scene and I've seen every kind of horror movie and, you know, I, I've I've seen it all, you know. The hundred days, what is it? Sallow, the hundred days of Sodom or whatever. I, you know, I, you know, I've seen all of, you know, cannibal, uh, Holocaust and all of those, which, which we'll get to later. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've never seen anything that disturbed me as much as that, that scene. And I don't know if I want to say too much because it, it is, I, I, I know there is a scene. I don't want to say anything it's about it just because scene. it's a pivot. It is yeah. a pivotal scene, and it's one that they keep kind of hearkening back to the first few episodes, and you're like, something happened, what happened, what happened? And then when they show you what happened, it's way worse than anything you can imagine. And and worse than anything you can imagine because they actually show, I mean... Yeah, for the it, most part. For the most part, yeah. I mean, they do a bit of covering it literally, but but it you know what's happening while it's happening. And, and then there's two things happening in that scene that are both things that are really hard for me to watch. I don't, I'm not a big fan of rape and that happens in that scene. So I, I will say that much, but the other thing that happened is something that I, I, I've, well, you just don't see it for one thing. Uh, this is, I think maybe the only time I can think of where something like that has happened, certainly on screen. Uh, and so I, I came away from that. I was like, I don't know if I can keep going I, on this. I, I just uh, watched for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, we should probably set this up at least a little bit. Uh, them cool. is a 10 part series on Amazon prime about a black family moving into an all white neighborhood in East Compton, California, back in the 1950s. And it's really, um, it's, it's driving home just how incredibly racist society was back then. And the extents that they would go to, to try to, um, preserve their way of life, I guess is how they would have called it. But um, take that and 
and spin it with like an American horror story. Cause there is definitely a, um, paranormal, uh, aspect of all this. Uh, so anyway, just for those of you who had no idea what the hell we were talking about, that's, that's what it is. It's a 10 part, uh, each episode is like one hour long on, uh, Amazon. Yeah. Prime, I, so. I just watched but Yeah, I agree. Part five. I literally terrific. watched it probably about two and a half hours ago and I'm still like rocked from it. And, and Matt, warned us you know yeah. days before it's going have you gotten an episode five i said no not yet and uh so when i watched it i mean they even had a disclaimer uh before the show it's like you know if right you want to talk about this but i mean those those disclaimers yeah. happen a lot and and no, most of the time when you see a disclaimer especially on a tv show or a streaming show it's it's not as bad as it seems as as they make it out you know um, but this was way, I mean, this was, this was as bad. And if, I mean, there, I, I almost feel like the disclaimer should have been way stronger. Like don't it, watch it, this. Yeah. You might not want to watch this. And this because, woman that I just mean, walks into this house and all that. I mean, we want to talk about just creepy as all everything. Just who. Oh yeah. No, I great mean, actress. there's no doubt about it. The, the acting, the setup, the direction of that scene. I mean, it's all really like it's done in a way that is heightened mm-hmm. the intensity to the point where, I mean, it's almost, it's hard to breathe during that scene. And so it it was obviously very, very well done. I, the only question I have is I, I did, I do like the show and I did like it up to that point. I kind of felt, and I think Joe, you'd mentioned this too, that it seems a little Ryan Murphy at times that show and, you know, not a lot, but a little. (laughs) And, and I, I question whether or not that show earned that scene. It's so strong that scene. And I, I, you know, like, I don't know that that shows strong enough for that. I don't know if any show could be strong enough for that scene to carry that. I get what you're coming from because that was such a monumental episode in their life right that that you would have thought they couldn't have gone on period like there just right. should have been no show after that like any family would have just flat out given up but that's where our story begins right so I, it, I i get that but um, and and they're and we're like when they were driving I mean, you see her lose her, lose it every now and then, but you would think that after something like that, this isn't, she wouldn't be able to just pretend, you know what I mean? Like, because they, no, she'd be institutionalized. Right. Yeah. Like something like that happens and and people don't come back from that. So I don't see how she comes back from this because it's a horrific thing that happens. She didn't seem, because they, uh, just for the audience, if you haven't watched it, they begin the show with that scene, but up to a point before it, before it goes there and then cut to sometime later. I'm not, I can't remember exactly how long later. It wasn't long. I mean, maybe weeks and months, maybe at most. And, uh, and cut to them driving across country because they've left that place where they were because of the horrible thing that happened. And they're driving across country. They're moving to a new place to get out of there. And North Carolina. Yeah. They're from North North Carolina Carolina, to Compton, California, which at the, which at the time, which many people may not know Compton at that time was all white. So this Um, was, this was, and and kind of upper middle class. This was all true. Like, cause it's kind of hard to fathom that this actually happened like in California. Well, I don't know. 
I, I well, the things that happened in Compton, I, I think with the and zoning I, I and all that. that I mean, in, this, was in, this it was that manipulative? Yeah, yeah, I know. I think I think that might be true, but the but the thing that happened, there's something that happens apparently from what I've read in episode nine that almost rivals that scene in episode oh, five, no. and and that is kind of a flashback scene uh, to way back like 1800s times of mm-hmm. something happening, and in I think in Compton, the area that would become Compton. Um, but anyway. Uh, when they're dry, when we cut to them leaving and going cross country, which happens like within the first couple of minutes of the of the show, she, they don't seem like a family that has just gone through what happened, you know. And I I understand that that's the the filmmakers or the TV you know the showrunners trying to make you not know what happened, you know, and not give away too much. But it it just didn't quite vibe with me. Like they seemed a little yeah. too normal. Right. They seemed like they're way too normal. They seem like the Torrance family driving up to, you know, to work at the Shining Hotel. They were, you know, happy-go-lucky. The kids are in the back seat, couldn't wait to get there. And this is not something you spring back from. And they yeah. don't do a very good job of establishing what that timeline is from the, the day of the original yeah. incident to the day that he gets the job. Yeah. Right. So, But still, I, I, I can't think of a time that it would be okay that you wouldn't think about that. Yeah. You know, she should have at least... And I'm not saying she was acting. No, she, she's this woman she's was great. phenomenal. Um, yeah, no, she's great. But I would have thought the character would have been more effective beyond her capacity. You know, just like constantly being caught in a well, daze. You see her down in the basement and all that kind of stuff, and just hunched over. I mean, she's just doing all her. You know, I mean, you know, the father uh, forgot his name, uh, but just you know, telling the kids, you know, she just needs time. She just needs time and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know how how like far it was in between. You know, dumb. You know, moving and whatnot. Because I mean, it, it was a two story house, and they. I mean they kind of left stuff there, you know, and just took off. So it's, I don't know. It was, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still like just wrecked from it. And like Matt said, he had to take a couple of days. I know I'm going to have to take a little bit more than that because those two scenes was just. It, well, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'll go back to it or not. I, I'm, I probably will, but I, I, I don't know when that'll be because I, I just, and, and, you know, if, if there's another scene that's, you know, there's other stuff that happens too. And I, I don't know. I'll just see. I'll see. I'm, I'm almost done with episode eight. I'm just going to forge ahead and uh, finish it off because I'm a uh, completist. So yeah. I'll, I'll let you know if there's anything you need to be. Oh, I'm going to finish it. I'm definitely going to finish it. I can't just stop halfway. Yeah. I can't I mean, do that. I probably will gonna... at some point too. And. Yeah, so I, you know, it's one that that um, it's obviously very well done, and I do think people should be aware of what uh, is in it. So if you're going to watch it, you know, I I do think you should should be aware that you're going into some. I I wouldn't normally want to warn people about something, but I, I do think this is beyond uh, what you normally see on a show, and that and you know if. I, I'm not giving it. We're not giving anything away because really, there we know. You know from the beginning that something happens that day, and you know from the beginning that something happens awful that drives this family to leave North Carolina. Uh, so it's not really giving that much away. I, I won't tell you what it is, but um, or we won't. But um, 
but I, I will say that you should be aware that if you uh, are have a tough time with very disturbing scenes, um, then that you really might want to skip that scene. Once you get to that point where they show what happens that day, I, I would, I would, I would skip through. <laughs> and and the fact that you have three people on a horror podcast that are literally saying, you know, that it's disturbed us this much. I mean, people are probably going, we're going to have to watch this now. So, <laughs> well, well, that's that the thing is, said, I just, in the same breath, I would also say. I hope all three of us finish it because I'd actually like oh, yeah. to talk about this because despite that no. one scene, this is a fantastic, fantastic show. Yes. It's it very is, good. It, it is a really good show. I, I, my only question is whether or not it's good enough uh, to, to have earned that scene or, or, or to survive that scene. But I, I've got to go back to it before I can even judge, I guess. But yeah. um, so uh, anywho, the, <laughs> Anywho, away from the the horrors and a true horror of that show, uh, we are talking this episode about Joe's favorite subgenre, found footage. Uh, <laughs> and He's not watching it right, Joe. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, Mark, Mark been, has it. I've just been staring at the screen all this time. Who knew I was doing it all backwards? I was doing it yeah. all wrong. My super super fan Mark here has a, a a theory that Joe is watching these movies all wrong. What, what do you mean by that, Joe or Mark? There are certain rules once one, one one must abide by to successfully watch a found Jesus footage. Christ, you don't know the rules. Movie. Oh, you like that annoying kid from Screen? Yeah, he oh, I is. do. Oh. Jamie Kennedy, come on. <laughs> Have an aneurysm, why don't you? I wish I had a mute button sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wanted him on the show. <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, I, I mean, I kind of get what Mark is trying to say, what he's trying to say, and that is uh, that that Joe has a preconceived notion that found footage sucks, the and so he goes into it with that sure. look on your the look you're giving me right now. You go into it with this. Hey, yeah. this is this is radio. Uh, forget my looks. I just, I was born yeah. this way, but there. There's two strikes against it right off the bat that I've always had an issue with. And number one, and this is me personally, music is a big part of my life. Mm. Music sets the scenes. Mm. Music establishes moods. There's no music. There's no soundtrack. There's no mood. Mm. And then, of course, the other big thing that I think is constantly missing from these found footage films is cinematography. You know, there's professional people that go to school to learn how to set up a shot and set up the lighting and all that other stuff. And it's just totally deflated when it's just somebody with a handy cam from the 1990s, well, you know, running I, through I, the woods. I think found footage is just its own. I mean, it's I mean, you want all those things. Then there are plenty of movies that have that found footage is about the experience. It's like the real time experience that is happening while you're watching it. And, you know, one thing I I. I talked about i watch and i think we all watched blair witch this couple yes. last couple weeks right and uh one thing that i said i i you know because i always on my if anybody out there uh wants to follow me on on instagram it's matthew.speak and i always post the movies that i watch uh I, I don't always say something about them if i don't say anything about them it's usually because either everything's already been said about it or it's or he didn't like it it's not a movie I didn't like. Yeah. Cause I, I don't, the movies I post on Instagram are not movie. Like somebody said the other day, it was like, Oh, I see some of these movies that you 
recommend on Instagram and some of them suck. And I'm like, well, that's because I, I, if I don't say anything, I probably didn't like it that much, but I, I just log the movies I watched on Instagram and, and, and that, you know, cause I have a couple of friends who do that too. And, uh, but, uh, but one thing I said about, uh, the Blair Witch Project is that there's no way to go back. I mean, I, as I was watching at this time, I thought to myself, there's really no way to see this the same way again that you did in 99 when it came out no. because, yeah. because that was before you knew much about it. Most of us had never seen a found footage movie. I mean, I had seen cannibal Holo- or Holocaust by that point, I believe, but it, uh, but it, it, I didn't know it was found footage. Nobody was calling it found footage at that time. So this was really the first one that I remember being, you know, truly, oh, they found this footage and you're going to watch it. And by the time I saw it, we knew that it was a movie. It was fake. But but there was still that sense like waiting, anticipating what was going to happen. Now, by the end of the movie, not a whole lot had happened. <laughs> like you don't see much. And it's mostly what, you know, what your, you know, kind of that imagination thing going on. Um, and then, you know, whatever happens at the end, there isn't a lot of like, you know, boom, this happened kind of thing. Uh, but, but that, but while you were in it that first time, it was, it was tense. You know, I remember the whole theater being silent. And, uh, you know, it, there, there was mixed reactions after it was over because really, you know, some people felt like it, it didn't have enough of a payoff, but, um, but that first time you saw it and there's just really no way to go back and, and, and watch it, you know, revisiting it. It's kind of, there's a lot of arguing and man, those guys are annoying. Oh, oh my God. I would have punched her in the throat. Yeah. Well, Heather, I, oh but, my gosh. You know, I, you I know, I had the opposite. I, I used to feel that way about it because I've watched it, I don't know, a handful of times now. And I, I used to be more annoyed. But this time I was actually more annoyed by the guys. She actually was the one who kind of was leading them. And they were moaning and griping and just whining the whole time. I was like, what is wrong with these guys? You know, they were all annoying. But but I think part of that was because they didn't have a script and they were all just trying to come up with something, you know, um, to do. So, and that's not easy to do. I think most found footage movies since then have, have tried to give their actors a little bit more to go on. But yeah, I actually had, um, uh, my daughter and her boyfriend, uh, watched a Blair witch, uh, with me and it was the first time they've ever seen it. So it was nice to see their reactions and, Alex and Dylan were literally going, Oh, I hate her. I hate her. Oh, yeah. now I hate Josh. And then yeah. when they found, when, when uh, Mike kicked the map in, they said, No, because like Mike was their favorite all the way through until he kicked the map. He's going, No, I hate him. And at the end, they ended up, you know, championing uh, uh, Heather. But I think Josh was their favorite pretty much all the way through. Mm yeah. See, and that's that's another strike that I have against these movies is you've got people that are actually actors mm-hmm. that are acting like they're not acting, mm-hmm. and it's a lot and of times Heather was so very over the top and not unbel- Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I mean, this was this was the. I mean, when you consider what they pulled off for fifty thousand dollars, though, and and these actors were probably you know they weren't names, and most of them didn't have much experience. So and and the there wasn't a structure to it. I mean, there wasn't much of a structure. If you've read about how they did this, they basically set these guys out into the woods. It gave them some general directions 
and then, you know, gave them places to go and kind of gave them a yeah. little bit of a, a through line to go on. Uh, but, but I mean, up, uh, otherwise these guys were having to f- figure out how to film themselves, not just on a cam corner, but also on a 16 millimeter film camera, which without not knowing anything about it, isn't that easy to do, you know, to be able to work the film and, and, uh, and, and get it in focus. I mean, they were, they didn't use a lot of footage. So I imagine there's a lot of wasted footage from that camera, but I will say this, the one, one other typical red flag that I have with this genre is the, you never get to see the main character because they're always behind the camera, you know? So you don't get that, Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't, you're not establishing that relationship with that main character, which is the narrator. It's you, but I will admit when this movie came out, I got caught up in all the hype, like everybody else did, you know, and I, I, I didn't realize it was a hoax until just before seeing the movie. And I thought this was all, you know, fantastic marketing it was, it was a great job. But the one thing I will give them is the two cameras because, you know, that sort of de- defeats my argument about not getting to be in touch with the main character. You had two different angles with three different people. So you were constantly seeing two of them, but it rotated, you know, we were at this guy with the camera and now we're at this guy with the camera, or then they'd switch, you know, who was holding the camera that time. So at least you did get to build a relationship with all three of the characters for a bit more so than some of the other found footage films that we've seen. What else did we all watch? Uh, did we all watch uh, what was paranormal uh, activity? Paranormal activity. Yeah, I, th- I I know the other ones that I well I I think we've all seen Creep. Yeah, and uh, I I wouldn't mind talking about Creep at least for a few minutes. I like the idea, the concept behind the story, the setup. But again, and this is back to the sound, the one thing that really bothered me about that movie is go back and watch it again. And every time there's a cut from one clip of his found footage to the next one, they put in that one second of static. Every single transition. So I'm constantly, if you cut out all the static, you'd probably drop a good six, seven minutes off that film, the running time. I don't need these over the top transitions like that. Just move from one scene to the other. Actually, what what I think they're doing is taking me out of the moment just that briefly enough. Um, But it, it, you know, like the title implies, it was a very creepy film. Uh, I thought it was acted very well. It it was bizarre. And I there what are there's two sequels, one sequel, one one sequel, and they're uh, they're. They're actually uh, filming the third one, I believe, right now. It's in production. Yeah, I, I, I will say this: I liked Creep enough that I would be willing to watch at least the sequel. Yeah, the second one's pretty well, good. The I liked it. Great. Yeah, and there's a girl. I liked it better than the first. There's a girl in that one, um, and it, and there's a little bit of a twist to it, uh, but it, I like it. I thought it was good, um, mm-hmm. and. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I think, I feel like, uh, I mean, I liked Creep. I did like it. I, it didn't blow me away, but I liked it. Um, and I like the Duplass brothers. I think they usually do. They do a lot of documentaries that are really good. There's one called Sasquatch right now that it is actually not really about Sasquatches uh, on Hulu. That's it's really well done. Uh, it actually has more to do with violence in like. Uh, marijuana growers in Northern California that was the violence was being blamed on a Sasquatch, but it, they, as they 
investigated more and more, they were finding who was really behind it. But uh, it was interesting. Um, it just came out too on Hulu. But uh, so it they, really wasn't the Sasquatch doing all the damage. No, no. Really? That, well, that, I think it's yeah. it started out with them with this guy uh, wanting to investigate uh, something he had heard years and years ago about the Sasquatch killing some guys. And and that there were a lot of rumors up there about Sasquatches. And um, so he wanted to investigate. But as he began to uncover, he started to see that what was really going on. It's interesting. Are um, these the guys that made the Mr. Snuffleupagus files? No, I don't think so. I didn't watch those. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I did revisit Paranormal Activity. And I really like that movie. I still, I think it's very effective still. And um, I actually watched one, two, I, did, I skipped three because I already seen it and I didn't care for it. And then I watched four. Uh, I didn't get around to uh, the other two. There was one called The Ghost Dimension, I think. And there was another one called something else. I don't remember now. But um, but I, I thought number one took the formula of Blair Witch but kind of perfected it where there was something going on actually, you know, I mean, if, can you imagine if Blair Witch had had some of those pull you out of the room by your feet scenes or, you know, blankets being pulled off of them kind of things, it would have been so much more effective, especially back then when we would have never seen those things. But um, I thought uh, paranormal activity just took that and, and actually gave you a payoff. And it was a, know. Good, a pretty good payoff. I get really scared when I got out of my tent in the morning and I see there's a pile of sticks. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, you know yeah. what? I mean, there is, a, there is a, like when you go camping, you do one of the movies you might think of is uh, the Blair Witch Project, you know, certainly if you're out in the woods. But um, anyway. I do love the, uh, I do love the iconic shot of in that paranormal paranormal activity when she's just staring at her husband just yeah. at the bed and all that. And it got the yeah. time lapse going yeah. and it is creepy. It was really man. well done. And the, and there was, so, you know, I understand what you're saying about no music in, in, in found footage. And that's true. Unless there happens to be like music playing in the background or whatever, but it's not the same. Um, but there is a sound design to paranormal activity that sure that that they added over some of those scenes where it's like this low hum that I uh, think that's why that's one of my more sought after found footage yeah. films because they yeah. did take it up that little bit of a notch so yeah uh mark what was one that you watched I, joe said creep what did you watch um i watch uh unfriended Oh yeah, Did you guys watched that. Uh, I've seen I ha- it. I didn't see it this time, but I I think we wa- I watched it for Shocktober and we talked about it. Yeah, then, for Shocktober. Yeah, that the the one scene like I was I was really just like oh my gosh, just the clicking and the clacking, you know, just like click on this, and I was really getting bored. But once it really started ramping up, especially when uh, they started playing uh, Never Have I Ever with the five fingers up. Um, that's when I was like, I, I was really, really involved in it. And it, I just love the whole fact with cyberbullying and all that and what takes a toll on somebody. I thought it was great. I, I actually went meh on it for a while, but then the more I think about it, the more and more I like that film. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and they did put music in there too, Joe. They did put music in there. They just, you know, <laughs> click, you know, on those, uh, well, on those little, uh, tabs on yeah, that's played true. music. They did. Sure. Well, Joe, I, I mean, uh, Mark, there is a good segue there for me because I watched Unfriended the Dark Web, which actually, uh, is, is much more acclaimed. Uh, than the original. It's one of those rare sequels that that got better reviews than the original. Uh, and Ooh. that one is it's pretty good. It's a, it goes to a bit of a darker place than the first one. I it, it's it's not a great movie, but it's uh, definitely worth checking out if you saw the first one. It's and if you liked the first one, I think you'll like this one more. It I do think it it it's a um that. The characters, it's a little meaner than the than the first one, uh, and there's a little more danger involved than the first one. The first one, I think, was a little more teeny bopper found footage, and this one's a little gets a little more edgier, I th- a little edgier, I think. Um, um, but I, I and also think the content is just a little darker. That's all. But um, it's it's a little more bleak than the first one if that's possible. So, and I think it's, I think it's just a little better done too. So, uh, Joe, what did you watch? Uh, I, believe it or not, hold on to your seats. I actually really liked one of these. It was the sacrament from 2013. Hmm. Um, it's a found footage film of these guys that work for the news outlet called vice. They do like investigative reporting type stuff. And uh, one of the guys in their crew, there's three of them, their sister, who is a alcoholic and a drug abuser, she goes into this rehab and everything, and she ends up going out to this community, I believe, in the Deep South. And uh, this whole community is built like in the middle of the woods somewhere. They're completely self-sustainable. And they, everybody at this community has sold all their worldly possessions and given it to their leader. And that's how they built this community. And uh, this is the first time they've allowed outsiders, which is the film crew, to come in and learn all about it. And they're very apprehensive about it and things start to go awry. But their whole reasoning behind it was to finally, you know, they felt like they built up enough of their own community that maybe they were ready to tell their story to get more people to come in. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's a cult. It's like any other cult. It's, there's some, uh, there is a very interesting, um, was it James Jones? Who was the guy that made everybody drink the Kool-Aid? Was that, uh, James Jones? Uh, I think James, James Earl Jones. <laughs> no, yeah, it was James Earl Jones. You're my father. And, yeah, Jim uh, Jones. Jim, Jim Jones. Jones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they, that's all recreated in, in that movie and it is uh frightening to say the least but um it, this one actually held my interest uh Eli Roth had a lot to do with this film uh I will say it is a found footage film however they do cheat that from time to time there is like some regular cinematography from you know a, a stationary camera uh the acting in this is is wonderful uh, they they did a really nice job. So that's uh, 2013's The Sacrament. Oh, nice. I'll have to check that out. I, that's one I, I think you had mentioned, and I was going to get to it, and I, I just didn't get to it. Um, uh, Mark, what was your next? Well, I, I want to talk about uh, Lake uh, Mungo because I know we've all watched it, correct? I don't I think have Joe not. I have not. Oh, Joe. 
It, it was on my list. I just never got to it. I don't know if this is one Joe will like or not. I don't. I don't know. think he will actually. Cause... I, I don't think he would. <laughs> I mean, you might not mind it so much because it is because they do have music for one thing, and there mm-hmm. is good cinematography because it's not just found footage; it's a documentary yeah. slash found footage. So, which is, I think, a pretty good uh, alternative sort of thing, almost like almost like so how the somber. office is. What it it's so somber too. It's just a slow pull. And well, just, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a, a kind of a, a um, meditation on grief, family mm, grief, and yeah. it is definitely a slow burn. But yeah, what did you think? I, I, I loved it. I, I thought the actors were so on point too. I mean, I really had to really start thinking. It's going. Is this really just a, you know, is this an actual documentary? But you know, I mean, I knew it was, but the acting was just so pure and just like the looks and. Just the pauses and when when the actors were, you know, the family were being interviewed, it, they just had all the right, you know, pauses and, you know, like little like stares and like, you know, the corner of their eyes. And I it, it was just so well done. And and there was one jump scare out of the whole film. And I just it, it had a nice like uh, it, they tied it up all really nice with a nice little pretty bow and. And it, it was it was much better than some of the other ones I've seen, especially the last one I saw. So, yeah, this was a it it, it really high class movie. It was yeah. really well done. Uh, it definitely done by great, very good filmmakers. And I I felt like the acting was pretty good. Uh, and there were just it's just there was just a creepy feeling the whole time. Just a kind of sense. It it took a turn at a certain point. Yes, where the story sort of changed at a at a certain point that. The neighbor. It, it did recover from, but that really took me out for a minute, and I was like, "Oh no, what are they doing?" Like there, it took a turn with, that I was it the part care. with the neighbor. The neighbor, yeah, but yeah. that that whole thing kind of. I don't want to say too much because Joe hasn't seen it yet, and he really should. But uh, that kind of turned me off. But then it recovered from that very well, and then there was an image. And I'm not going to say anything more, but there's an image in this in this movie that gave me the creeps to the point. I, I mean, I it was one of the creepiest images I've ever seen, and and like gave me the chills. Now, Joe, I don't think Joe has a soul or feelings, because so I don't know that he's it's possible for him to get the creeps. In it. It, like, yeah, like, I don't think he'll get, get the creeps from it. I don't think Joe will get the creeps. It is, like, it is true. I have neither. <laughs> but, no, Joe's got a great soul. It's a beautiful soul, but he just doesn't get the creeps. It's kind of like, you know, like some people are very ticklish and other people aren't ticklish at all. I get the creeps very easily. Uh, even as many horror movies as I've seen, if it's, if it's a, and, and I will also say, this is something else I was going to say about found footage, that this is a genre that pro- when it's done well, creeps me out more than any other genre. Now it does, it's not done well very often, but when it is, has the potential of creeping me out more than probably any other in in that ghost creepy 
sleep with the lights on kind of way, not in a, not in a torture people kind of way, but in a, you know, in a, in that grow in that, that just ghost creepiness, you know? And, and that's what Lake Mungo had is cause they just had like, you know, pictures of a ghost and they would just slowly, you know, go, you know, pan right. towards it. And it's just, Oh, stop, just stop. Cause I mean, yeah. I, I, why I love horror movies so much is because, most all horror movies scare the hell out of me, and I love yeah. getting those feelings. Found footage does it for me too. Yeah, and and I the first time I saw this, I it was completely out of the blue. Like I think somebody had mentioned it to me, and I just saw it on Amazon. This was a number of years ago, and it first came to streaming, and I was it was late at night, and I was actually watching it on my laptop, laying in bed, and. I was single at the time. I was alone, and I I kept having to like cover my <laughs> cover my eyes. It was I I was I think I was in the perfect mood to watch something creepy too, so that helped. But and it was late at night and all of that stuff, and I I was like squinting and just it was that ghost thing. And ghosts get me. Uh, I don't think ghosts get Joe that way. Joe's um, so dead inside. You might not have. You know, just because what I lack in heart and soul, I make up for in good looks and rapier wit. So <laughs> I can't help it if most of me has already died, but I just, I'm not, I'm not creeped out by this stuff. Well, I, I can scare you, Joe. I haven't I don't think, really I don't found one yet because him. I like, I'll eat a plate of spaghetti and watch Faces of Death. You know, that's nothing there. <laughs> and. You know, just for the record, I would have watched Lake Mungo if Matt hadn't led me down this terrible path of, he, he told me to watch Demon House. What a bunch of douchebags. Oh, right. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> now, I never told you to watch Demon House. I, you, I, I got the it. text thread. You mentioned it during, you know, <laughs> like, what movies you guys want? Watch Demon I, House. I, you I just, you, know, you got to text Snicker, Snicker, Snicker after you. Yeah, Joe's got a point. Like Sometimes that's how it happens. Yeah. No, sometimes sarcasm doesn't come <laughs> come through. But I do Three think texts. I said I, I was mentioning Zach Baggins, but I, I guess you don't know who that is. It's, and I was saying it in a way brother. like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Uh, I I did not recommend Demon House. In fact, I that think on my show. <laughs> if you had looked at my letterbox, I think that I have that as one of my lowest rated movies I've ever seen. Uh, it's fact. soon to be mine, and I only watched yeah, ten minutes of it. It was terrible. It was like an episode of Ghost Adventures where nothing happens. And I don't know if you guys ever watched that, but it was like there was like two scenes where something happens. One happened almost at the very end of the movie. I think I'd rather fall down a flight of stairs than finish watching that film. Oh, you didn't finish it? No. Well, then you missed the one thing that actually was something. Did I really? Did I really miss it? I mean, well, no. Um, Okay. So my next one. Uh, is the taking of Deborah Logan, which um, I, you know, I liked this one. I, I think I gave it three cuts and or three stars. And what's uh, well, I'll, I'll read you the the description of it. What starts is a poignant medical documentary about Deborah Logan's descent into Alzheimer's disease and her daughter's struggles as caregiver degenerates into a maddening portrayal of dementia at its most frightening. As hair-raising events begin to plague the family and crew 
and an unspeakable malevolence threatens to tear the very fabric of sanity from them all. Which that description makes it sound like, you know, a pretty good movie, but it, it just, it just, you know, sometimes you'll see something and if it almost like if you had just had a dial to kind of adjust it a little bit, like the timing or the, the pace of the, the thing, or even some of the timing of the scares, it would just be really, it's the difference between something being really scary and something that you're just watching, you know, and too often there were moments that weren't really very creepy and most of them were just kind of, eh. now watch Joe will go and see that and he'll be like, Oh, that was the best found footage movie I've ever seen. But um, I just, breath. yeah, it, it wasn't, it's it's good. It and there's definitely if you're scared by old creepy people, uh, then definitely see it. I, I I'm not really in that vein. I I'm more of the, um, I guess like the you know I don't know I don't know what scares me, but but I'm not really like terrified of old people. But if you are, if you find old creepy people at night, you know sneaking around kind of creepy, then then I think you'll yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Think you'll like that's that would scare me. Quite a description, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. If you're in your, I hope if to you're be in one your of house, those old people walking around one of these days. <laughs> yeah, if you're in your house and you see an old person walking <laughs> naked down the hall, yeah, you're gonna probably be freaked out. But yeah. in the movie, it, it just didn't. It, it wasn't quite there for me. I liked it, and I definitely, I, I do recommend it. You know, but it's not great. Um, uh, Joe. Okay, this is the last one that I watched, and this is the one movie that I'm glad that we touched on found footage films because I didn't know this thing even existed, uh, is the 1980s movie Cannibal Holocaust, which I knew absolutely nothing about. And as I'm watching this, and I am just... I, I'd like to say for the record, I was not scared at the least in this movie, but I I was moved on an emotional level watching it because of how horrific um, the content of this film was. Apparently the director was a originally a porn director and this was supposed to be his big, big break into, you know, legitimate film. Um, he, he did not leave all the porn at the old place. He brought it into this movie quite a bit it is over the top and totally unnecessary. And then um, the general gist of this movie is there's a group of, you know, adventuring news, uh, I get teens or they're in their 20s maybe. Uh, they all go to, was it the jungle somewhere, to try to learn about these cannibals, these two cannibal communities, and, uh, and what they, they witness when they're down there. And, uh, of course they never come back, but, you know, miraculously they found that footage somehow. And it's just so disturbing to watch this film because there are, I believe it was like over a dozen animals that were killed in during this film. And this is not an effect. These animals were actually killed. There's this giant sea turtle that they pull out of like a river or something and they chop that animals, that turtle's head right off and you sit there and watch the whole thing. This is not faces of death where we all know it's 85% of that is fake. Uh, this, every time you see an animal die in this film, they cut a monkey's head off and they eat the brains out of it. They're, 
everything you see that's an animal dying is a hundred percent actual footage of that animal's life last breath. It's just, this stuff should have never gotten made. And yeah. that's why I'm said that I'm glad that we're discussing this because if somebody hears this now, normally like, you know, we'll say something as a joke, like go watch, you know, drive in massacre. And then all right. of a sudden 300 people go out and start watching it, which says a lot to our viewership. But um, now when I say don't watch Cannibal Holocaust, I mean it. It's not yeah. worth your time. This is disgusting and should have never been made. I yeah. also did find I out mean, this was the original a... Blair Witch, though. Yeah. Because yeah. those yeah. actors that they hired for this movie, um, the director actually got arrested because they thought those people were actually murdered and he had paid them to disappear for an entire year. And he had to get word to them to come out and bail them out. So that whole Blair Witch gimmick that they came up with, that was done back in 1980. So Yeah. Well, I, you know, there's a difference between the warning that we gave on them. I mean, there's a definitely a good reason why they made them, and mm-hmm. there's a, a point to be made. I, I think they're trying to make a point in Cannibal Holocaust of something about colonialism and, and, and that sort of thing. But the idea... You know, just because you're trying to make a point doesn't mean you made it well. And, and uh, you know, I uh, really killing animals. It's one thing to to say, well, you're OK watching, you know, people get killed in a movie. Well, they're not really being killed. And if you have an animal die in a movie, I'm not a big fan of that myself. I hate those movies where a dog with a dog. They always kill the dog uh, and or or whatever. But I, I don't you know, I hate that when that happens. And I usually have to like whatever. But. Um, but they, these are real animals being killed and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the pig, for instance, uh, the guy who brought the pig down became attached to the pig and then begged the director not to kill it. And they went ahead and did it anyway. And the guy was devastated then. Um, so it was, it just, it was, it was a really deplorable movie. And I know there's a lot of people, if you're involved in any groups online, there's a lot of people who just like rave about this. And, and I, I, I think they get into the shock factor of it or whatever, for whatever reason, but there has to be more than just shock factor, you know, and, and there has to be more than just the attempt to make a point. Um, and when you're abusing animals, I really, and really abusing animals, I'm not talking about, you know, when you're really killing animals for the sake of your movie, uh, and, and it's that kind of crap, you know, like they killed an animal. Yeah. They killed an animal in apocalypse now. Um, but that was, uh, you know, that, I, I I don't care for that either. And and if they were to make it today, I would hope that they wouldn't do that. But there's a lot more to draw upon from that movie that is worthwhile than this movie was just a bunch of crap from beginning to end. Yeah, there's no you, point to it. If you need to slaughter 17 animals to get your point across and do yeah. it like realistically on film, maybe your point should be expressed in a different way. Well, yeah. and and if you have to do real animals and really kill them, then you're not a filmmaker. Like you're not able, you know, like like you're an that's not that's right. That's not filmmaking. Like a, a real filmmaker would would learn how to do it in a way where they wouldn't have to actually kill an animal. Uh, it just it just like you know, they didn't really kill any of the people that they that were killed in that movie because. Uh, you know, they're, they, 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 you could, well, for one thing, they would have been arrested and, and they should have been arrested for killing all the animals. But, uh, but, but, you know, they found a way to do that without actually killing a person. You, you telling me you can't find a way to 
make it look like you killed a pig or make it look like you killed an, a monkey that, you know, that I, I really, that movie really. Yeah. Was yeah. I, I, I actually got really, ex- I, I, I actually got really excited, you know, when uh, Joe was talking about this, when we were texting, I was going, oh my gosh, it's like Faces of Death. Cause that was like a big fan of Faces of Death uh, back in junior high and all that kind of stuff. Cause it was like a taboo kind of thing. And so when I watched uh, the Cannibal Holocaust, I just realized how much I've matured in life, <laughs> and and yeah, it's 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 not it's not a fun film to watch. And uh, I actually yeah. turned it off uh, halfway through. I was like, I'm done. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know. no, there's. I mean, I don't really. I don't think it's. I know a lot of people kind of measure their horrorness by you know movies like that, but you're not you're not you know that's not a measure of anything other than just you know, being able to deal stomach and love. I mean, there's people who say that they've seen that 10, 20 times or whatever. I'm like, who cares? There's something wrong with you. It's not (laughs) art. It's It's not not art. I hope this is the last movie we talk about tonight. So that way, when we discuss this genre, it ends on such a downer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, I I hate to disappoint you, Joe, but I do have something else to watch. Uh, Actually, I have two. Um, uh, Mark, do you have another one? Um, no, um, I got grave encounters. It was, it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to, but, yeah, uh, yeah, that was maybe grizzly man, <laughs> but that's yeah. just a documentary, but kind of found footage. I, there was one, I think I told you guys to watch that. I don't think either you watched. It was called the Blackwell ghost. That was actually not too bad. I, Mark, you'd like it. Joe, you probably wouldn't, but Mark, I think you'd like it. It's, it's a little more in the, uh, uh, um, Ameri- or, um, paranormal, activity vein i think you'd like it it's called the blackwell ghost you should probably still check that one out um okay so i have two one is called antrim uh and it's the idea is that is the deadliest movie ever made (laughs) and so (laughs) it starts out uh and it's this is from 2018 so uh, i'll read you the description rumored to have been lost antrim appears as a cursed film from the 1970s. Viewers are warned to proceed with caution. It is said to be a story about a young boy and girl who enter the forest in an attempt to save the soul of their recently deceased pet. They journey to the Antrim, the very spot where the devil landed after being cast out of heaven. There, the children begin to dig a hole. So they, the concept, it's, it's kind of interesting. It starts out as like a documentary. Uh, talking about like all these people who died watching this movie, the movie was lost and and all this stuff. And then of course they show you the movie. And then uh, so the first, maybe I don't remember now, 10, 15 minutes are a documentary of them discussing this movie. And then, and then they show you the movie and it's actually, I really, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. They made it look, it, looks like a movie from the 70s like i mean in the kinds of shots in the 70s there's a lot of movies where they do that shot where this for some reason they were really into to scenes that were sort of at near dusk or near sunset with the sun in the background and like uh you know camera um lens flares from the sun you know and everything they were really into those kinds of shots in the 70s and there's a lot of those in here it's very grainy it's very uh kind of uh muted tones it it looks like it really does look like a movie that had been lost in the 70s and refound and shown they do a great job these filmmakers are highly 
talented. Um, I, you know, I think there were some very unsettling moments in this movie. Um, certainly nothing violent. I mean, there were some violent scenes, uh, but, but not in a disturbing sort of way. It was, it was, but, but there were just a lot of like shots into the woods and you'd see like this dark creature, uh, kind of a dark figure back there and, and shots like that. And, um, and the music, it, it almost felt, uh, some of the shots kind of felt almost like Stanley Kubrick or, or like David Lynch might've shot them. It, it was, it's a pretty well done movie. I, I, I do recommend it. Don't go into it feeling like there's going to be this giant payoff. It's a, kind of a slow burn, definitely art house horror. It's, it seems like, feels like an A24 horror movie. It's not, it's not one that, that, um, that you're going to feel like you had your cake and eat it too kind of thing. But it, it's very, it has like an, uh, an atmosphere that, is sort of almost foreboding kind of throughout the whole thing. And then there's some crazy stuff that happens towards the end that kind of comes out of nowhere. And uh, I really liked it. I, I thought it was a really good movie. I gave it, what did I give this movie? I think I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah. So it was a good movie. I liked it. Uh, and that is Antrim. And I, sometimes you'll see it on there. It'll Antrim, uh, subtitle, um, co- you know, colon, it'll say the deadliest movie ever or something like that. Uh, but the, the title is Antrim. Um, what did you see that? And, on? Uh, this was on, uh, it might've been on shutter or no, it might've been on Amazon prime Disney plus. It Dis- was not on Disney no, plus. No. no. Damn. Um, yeah, I think it was, I think it was, uh, Amazon prime. Um, in fact, I think it was for rent. I think that's, I rented it on Amazon prime. Uh, and then I did one more and this one, I really do recommend it. was a really well done South Korean, uh, found footage movie called Ganjam asylum or haunted asylum. Now there's some interesting things in this because, uh, so it's the premise is, this guy, it's sort of like a ghost hunters kind of show uh, this guy has, but it's a YouTube sort of thing. They're looking for clicks. They're looking for, you know, web web views and, and, and traffic on their website, right? What are you laughing about, Joe? Uh, we're just so tech savvy here. Yeah. <laughs> we are, yeah, yeah. They're, you know, they're, t- they're talking about the YouTube. Um, yeah. Do the internet. Uh, on the internet, yeah. Um, actually that works with a, the, but the YouTube, yeah. Um, so, uh, but, but this is one of those rare found footage films where all the characters are likable. Like all of them are likable. They, they spend a little time with them at the beginning and there's some really fun scenes with them. None of them, you know how like a lot of these found footage where there's like several characters involved and, they all seem to have to have some big personality or some weird, like they're always trying to be funnier than they really are, you know? And, and most of the time it, their, you know, jokes go over like lead balloons or whatever, but these guys don't, they're, they're just normal people. Uh, and they're not like trying to be overtly funny, you know, they're just, they're just there. And, uh, I think it might've been more scripted than the average, uh, found footage movie. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, but um, they so they strap these kids with with these interesting cameras that that 
you know, kind of show their, that point up to their faces, but also have another side. So you kind of get it, you can go back and forth, uh, or the director goes back and forth showing their faces or showing what's going on in front of them. And then other, they have other cameras, they have cameras set up in rooms, but every, and then at, at a certain point, uh, you see some shots and I, I thought to myself, wait a minute, who's doing this shot? Cause all the characters are in the scene and I'm like, Oh, that was bad. Like there's, there isn't another person. So why, why did they do that shot? Cause all the, all the main characters are in the scene. So where is this? And then that becomes a part of the story though. Like they go back and look at some footage and they're like, wait a minute, who shot this? So, you know, to what, what seemed to me like a mistake turned out to be actually a plot point. Um, so it, I'm not giving anything away because that happens relatively early. But um, so there, there's some really cool stuff in it. Really uh, neat uh, special effects. They definitely put some time into it. And and I I find I love Asian horror films. I just I love Korean horror films and everything. I know you do too, Joe. Especially with the um, they scare the hell out of me. Yeah, they do um, it so well and they do it right. Yeah, they definitely do. And this is done right. It's a really strong. Uh, obviously subtitles, you don't, if there is a version out there, I doubt there's a dubbed version anyway, but if there is skip it, do the subtitles. Um, I can't do dubbed. Yeah. Dubbed is horrible. Takes me out of it. Um, I just learned to speak Asian. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. If you learn Korean. Korean Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's an Asian language, Joe. He's just gaining more points for Dylan. That's all he's doing right now. Yeah. Well, I don't know. She won't like that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's very well done. They're very well, um, like paced and, and just the, the scares are set up really, really well. There's, it's not like, you know, one that you're terrified during, but it's, it's good. Um, definitely worth it. I gave it, what did I give this movie? Three and a half stars as well. I liked it. Ganjam. And that is G O N J I A M haunted asylum. And I think I believe I watched that on Shudder. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, watch that movie. What Matt just watched instead of Grave Encounters because it seems like it's almost the same exact like premise. It's like a reality TV crew goes into a psychiatric uh, hospital, and the characters are way overacting. You know, they yeah. all have their own. It's just bad. It's just yeah. Bad. It is. Well, I think the main guy in Grave Encounters is trying to be. Zach Baggins, which is yes. the guy that was in Joe's favorite movie of the bunch, um, but uh, but it 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 just comes off annoying because a it, lot of these does. found footage movies they just they don't have enough script for them to actually be funny. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think this movie Ganjam really hit it right is that they no one was trying to be funny. Um, I also oh I forgot I also watched uh, Paranormal Activity four. And there was a character in there. It was just trying to be funny way too much. And, and it just, you know, no matter how many one-liners he thinks he's got, and then, you know, they do that jump cut away from the scene as if, oh, he just said something funny, so let's cut to the next scene. Um, but that one was had a character that was super annoying. Um, that wasn't very good either. But uh, so I think that's, did we kill the found are, footage are genre? Done, are we done with this genre now? <laughs> Oh my I, gosh, you know, Joe. I'm gonna I'll tell you what. The minute time. we're done, the minute we're done, I'm gonna go to my collection and I'm gonna just watch like a marathon of old '80s moonlighting episodes just to like cleanse my palate and get back to normal. 
Moonlighting, you, I love this. Where do you show. watch Moonlighting? That's not yeah. streaming anywhere. I have it on DVD. I have the every <laughs> single episode. <laughs> no, you don't. I well, do. I think I there do. was like one or two good seasons of that, and then that like went down. Well, once, they, once they got them together, that was it. Yeah, once Ali yeah. Sheer. No, never mind. Oh, um, Ali Sheer. No, sorry. Um, no, I think the first three or four seasons. Civil Shepherd. Civil Shepherd. Yeah. Yeah, when she got pregnant. You know, I don't. Were there four seasons of that show? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember five. I was a huge fan of season one and two, but then yeah. at a certain point there was a writer strike, and they really and they, they right. tried keeping it going, and it, it really blew there for a while. And then they got them together, and they had a tough time figuring out what to do after that. And it became, it, be, it just became such a soap opera after they got together. But you know, they know, have a musical a, episode too. Like they really they had jumped a couple. the shark. Yeah, yeah, they went black and white and everything. It it did jump the shark a couple of times, but that black and white episode is great. Yeah, that was yeah. a great one. Yeah. And it had Orson Welles, I think, introducing yeah. it. Right? Yes, it did. Remember. Yeah, I my member is pretty good, Joe. You guys because, make fun of me, but yet you're all like reminiscing and like, oh, no, I, 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 said, so well, I said I, I love moonlighting. <laughs> I just didn't believe you had it on DVD. Who has yeah. moonlighting on DVD? Joe, Joe me, Joe Jans. Yeah. Your your daughter's number one uh, host. <laughs> no, yeah. Her favorite. Uh, yeah. Are you going to send her a sticker? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, just, yes, I am. Dylan, well, I owe you a sticker. Make her a month. And, and probably do, 10 bucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. I better send her that sticker. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I do have a ghost story. Good. And Yay. since. since is we there a found talking, footage ghost story? It is not, but oh. it is the tale of the Bell Witch, Joe. The Bell um, Witch Project. It is the Bell, the Bell Witch Project. Um, <laughs> where are we here? Let me find this baby. Um, For whom the bell tolls. Yeah. That was okay. Just so, <laughs> Joe, Matt, Mark. Uh, this this is a a story actually pulled ripped Joe from from the, the headlines. The t- the headlines of the Tennessean, which is a, a a a big, I guess, newspaper in Tennessee. Joe, I wrap all my fish in it. Yeah. So this was this this ghost story version of the Bell Witch Tale was published originally in the Tennessean on October twenty second, two thousand one. Ooh, an odd twenty one. We present it to you here for anyone looking to get spooked by a local legend, is what it says, Joe. Um, something was trying to get in. Penny. What, Penny. what kind of sound would you put for Penny. something trying to get in? And by the way, last time I had to do all this sound effects, and it was it a was, bad episode. It was <laughs> wonderful. I think you should do this episode, too. No. <laughs> well, at you least. you got to rattle the door is... for someone trying to get in. Rattle the door yeah. now. At least uh, this this episode I, here, though, Joe, doesn't have about a million ep- spots where Mark's internet went out. You know, like that was really hard to to sync them up because right. what happened was his internet sped up his recording, yep. so his clips were slightly shorter than yours and mine. So when we cut because of his internet, uh, which audience you weren't aware of it except for one time when we kept it in, but. But there were several times where Mark's internet kept like going crazy, and it kind of sped up his recording. So Joe's recording would be a certain um, length, mine would be the same length, and Mark's would be like two seconds shorter. So it would just 
That's because this is why I've lost those uh, trivia questions. That's why. Well, no, no, no. no. You you going (laughs) after doesn't do that. Okay. So anyway, I'm sure this is very interesting. For the the record, I have no idea what sound effect I'm going to put in for something trying to come in. Maybe an accordion. I know. Or it could be just a guy, uh, you know, kind of uh, coughing like... Or, you know, you know, someone just knocking on the door. Well, Excuse that could me. be. Hello? I want to come into yeah. your house. What was that oh. scene from... Uh, no, thank you. Uh, Mighty Wind. Every, everyone's cleaned not... out by now. <laughs> yeah, I know they are. Okay, um, let's see. Something was trying to get in. Knocked. Um, asleep beneath her quilt in 1817, Betsy Bell awoke to, in the dark to a sound. A knock at the door. But no one was there. There's no sound for no one being there, Joe. Night after night, doors were pounded. (laughs) Windows were banged on. And the flapping of wings sounded against the roof. Joe, I'm giving you a lot of... This is fantastic. Yeah. Betsy's father and brothers would examine the house. But in the moonlight that shone on their log cabin, they found nothing. As the days went by, the sounds grew louder and more frequent until they shook the cabin with force. Maybe they were caused by earthquakes, Betsy's father thought, but no one else in the neighborhood was affected. Maybe they were the work of scoundrels up to mischief, he guessed. But the culprit couldn't be caught. Those of you out there might hear the sound of an airplane. I thought maybe that was Mark, like trying to to jump in and like add some mood music and take my yeah, job away. No, nope, that was a plane going over. Like, damn you, Mark! This is my Citizen Kane. <laughs> then one night, <laughs> then one night, there was a scratching sound inside Betsy's room, like claws <laughs> scraping on the floor. Joe, this is very specific for you, actually. It's almost like it was specifically written for the show. It had gotten inside. Every night after that, the noise kept 12-year-old Betsy and the rest of her family awake and scared. It moved through the house, getting worse and worse. Finally, when we would search for a rat, uh, finally, when we would search for a rat in our room, the same noise would appear in Sister Elizabeth's chamber, disturbing her and arousing all the family, wrote Betsy's little brother, Richard Williams Bell, years later. Then one night, while Betsy huddled under her quilt, the covers slid off as if someone were pulling them. She could hear the sounds of smacking lips. <laughs> gulping and choking (laughs) soon members of the family regularly were having their blankets torn off when Betsy and her brothers tried to get them back an unseen hand would slap them it also began it, it also began to pinch them hit them and pull their hair the family finally had to admit the truth. They had a ghost. So you can use this sound, Joe. <laughs> then the ghost began to talk. The voice would laugh, curse, sing. <laughs> the curse. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting to hear what curse words you come up with. How in the H are we going to fix this S? The voice would laugh, sing, curse, and sometimes recite prayers and sermons. The spirit seemed to like Betsy's mother, Lucy, but it hated her father. The ghost also seemed to hate Betsy and was especially abusive to her. Not only was the girl slapped until welts appeared, but she started to have fainting spells. Betsy would start panting and gasping for breath. Sometimes she closed her eyes and lay as though she were dead, losing her breath for as long as a minute. Then the spells would pass and she would be fine. Betsy felt like she couldn't take any more. Her parents sent her to a friend's house to spend the night. On her first night away from home, Betsy ate supper with her best friend. They talked for a while and then headed to bed. They had just snuggled under the covers when a knock sounded at the bedroom door. Then the door flew open and a blast of wind blew out the candles. The covers were jerked from the bed. The girls jumped up to close the door and found it never had been opened. People accused Betsy of making up the ghost and creating the noises herself using ventriloquism or making her voice sound like it was coming from someplace else. But soon the hauntings grew beyond anything a 12-year-old girl could produce. When a strange nervous condition made it difficult for John Bell to chew or swallow, he blamed it on the ghost. He knew he couldn't keep the family's secret any longer. And once word got out, concerned friends and curious strangers visited the Bells to hear the ranting and ravings of the ghost. In 1820, three years after the haunting began, John's sons found him unconscious. In the cupboard where John's medications were kept, his son found a strange bottle. The witch laughed and said she gave it to him. She said he would never wake up. And he never did. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my gosh, Joe, this is going to be your who citizen wrote king. This? Irma Bombeck? It's a well-written ghost story, Joe. I'm going to have Tennessee. to send a sticker to the editor of the Tennessean, because yeah. they really knew their stuff back in Aught One. Yeah, uh, it looks to me like it was written, oh, it says it was written by Nicole Garton. Oh, of course. For the Tennessean. You know Nicole. Oh, she's always, she's who doesn't? Yeah. This is this is going to be your Citizen Kane with all these sound effects that you're going to do, Joe? God, yeah. This episode this may be like be amazing. three weeks late. Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be a lot there. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, I think we've done it. Um, this was a great episode, and I anybody out there who is a fan of found footage, please comment on our Facebook or our Twitter or our Instagram, and tell us your favorite found footage movie. And also, please, 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 we are, we need more ghost stories, listener submitted ghost stories. So uh, let them. Um, let them out and release them to us. Uh, but also, next time, we are going to have another theme. And what is that theme, Joe? Uh, we are officially going to be doing horror comedy. Yep, horror I'm comedy. I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, so. this is going to be a fun one. Uh, I can't wait to to watch some. Uh, there, there's some... Uh, there's some really good horror comedies out there. I, sure. I needed some levity after watching that you Animal deserve it, Joe. You yeah. deserve it. Yeah, you, you definitely it. do. Yeah, uh, Cannibal Holocaust is that that needs some comic relief. So, <laughs> all right, people. 
thank you so much for uh, uh, enjoying our show. And like like Joe had said earlier, we uh, at least one website have is recommending us as one as the number thirteen in the sixty uh, horror podcasts you should watch this year or listen to this year. So uh, that we thank the people at what what's the website, Joe? Uh, feed something earlier. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. We thank them. Whatever Con- you guys, consummate professionals. Yes. And uh, uh, thank you, Superfan Mark. And uh, I guess we'll see you guys next time. Take care, Good guys. Good night, everybody. Good night.